Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. We are, we are starting uh, a series tonight. Um, you can take notes. You can write this down on the love languages of God. Everybody say that in concert with me. Say the love languages of God. Now, it's been some time, but years ago, uh, my wife and I read this book. The, the, the title is inspired by a book called The Five, everybody say Love Languages. Anybody need some love? It's a, it's a powerful book written by um, Chapman is his name. All, all this, I, Dana, I hope you're not laughing. I hear you laughing. Do you need some love, Dana? God, God, I mean, I mean, I can hear, I hear, my wife says, I hear what I want to hear. Just, it's, it's, it's February, it's, it's the season of love. This, this book is interesting and uh, it talks about these five love languages. And if you haven't read it and you're, you're married or you want to stay married or you want to be better at being married or you're in a relationship and you want to know more about how to communicate, this is a helpful book. And you don't know what you say, well, I, I'm, I'm suave, I'm cool, I know it all. No, you don't. And this, this book is not long, but it talks about these love languages. And I'm, I'm not going to rehearse it all to you because I don't really have time. But these five love languages are five different ways of expressing and receiving love, and they are as follows. They are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and lastly, physical touch. And the reason this is important is the author says not everyone communicates love in the same way, and likewise, people have different ways they prefer to receive love. For example, if you think that your wife or your girlfriend likes flowers and you're constantly buying her flowers, but you don't realize she's allergic to flowers, that's the wrong love language. Right? And, and maybe you're, uh, you have to figure that out. You have to understand the language that everybody speaks. Or if you have a husband or a boyfriend or someone that you are courting and they like receiving gifts and all you want to do is spend quality time with them, then you, you speak in the wrong language. And, and so this book explores all of that in detail. And again, I highly, highly recommend if you want to know more about relationships or you want to be better in your marital status or communicate love in a unique way, read the five love languages. Matter of fact, when couples come to me and they want to get married, I recommend that book to them so they can communicate in a better way. The capstone or the centerpiece of the Old Testament of how God expresses his love is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. The Bible says this, and most of you can recite it. Hear, O Israel. Everybody say, hear. First thing you've got to do, you've got to hear it, not see it. He wanted the people to hear, O Israel. 
the Lord our God is one Lord. How many glad? I think they're teaching on the oneness of God in Growth Track. How many glad you know that he's one God? And then the writer instructs us that we are to love the Lord, thy God, with all your heart. Not part of your heart, not 10% of your heart, but this, this was a centerpiece of, of the people of God, of Israel's faith and religious studies. With all of your heart and with all of your soul. Everybody say, all my heart. Say, all my soul. Say, all my might. It was a capstone. He, he instructed them to hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. That's what I felt like when I saw Ryan tonight. That he was loving God with everything he had. You say, why is that important? Well, I'll tell you the reason why we should love the Lord with all our heart, soul, and strength. It's easy. Because he first loved us. Isn't that good news for everybody? He loved us first. The Bible said in Romans that scarcely would a righteous man would one die and peradventure a good man would some even dare. And that's in Romans chapter 5 and verse 7. But God commended his love. That's Romans 5 and 8. But God commended his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died. You didn't get good to get God. You got God and God made you good. Think about that. While, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't it, isn't it amazing sometimes that it's, it's hard for us to understand that God loves us. How many does that sound cheesy sometimes? I'm the only one. How many have a hard time believing that? Come on, raise your hands. You struggle that you, you struggle that you struggle a bit that God, infinite in love, can love you like you are. You love your, you should, you love your kids that way. You may not approve of what they do. You may not condone what they do, but do you ever stop loving them? So why is it as a child of God, you think that God stops loving you? The Bible says, while, I think you need to mark that in your Bible. While you were a sinner, while we were imperfect, while we didn't hit all the boxes, Christ loved us. Somebody say, God loves me. Say, I'm not perfect, but he still loves me. He commanded his love towards us while we were yet sinners. Now, I found this interesting. I'm reading through the Old Testament right now. I read through Leviticus. I'm read through Deuteronomy, and now I'm in Joshua. I, I read in Leviticus that if, if you were a priest in Leviticus and you were around someone that had been deemed or characterized as unclean, 
Maybe they were a leper. Maybe they were a person that had touched something, a dead animal or, or some of the, some of, something during the religious sacrifice. Under the, Levitical hall, under the Levitical law, if you were clean and you touched the unclean, then you became, everybody say unclean. If you were clean and you touched the unclean under the Levitical law, you became unclean. But consider Jesus, who was the cleanest person that had ever lived on the face of the earth. What was the first impulse when he came to prostitutes and lepers? He moved toward them because he reversed the Jewish system. And the cleanest person who has ever lived touched the unclean and the sinner that was unclean became clean. I love that. I love that. That Christ came because he loved us and he touched us. He was clean. We were unclean. But because he was the perfect lamb, the spotless lamb, he touched us and he didn't become unclean. He made us clean. And that's what the love of God is all about. Oh, clap your hands if you love God tonight. So we're talking about the love languages of God. How God expresses and communicates his love toward us. And this is what I felt pressed of as I was studying today. The first love language of God, this is gonna throw some of you off because I know you think you know where I'm going. You think I'm gonna talk about mercy or I'm gonna talk about grace, but I'm gonna talk about a unique gift from God. And I'm gonna talk about because God loves us, the first love language he gives to us is the gift of repentance. Write that down, the gift of repentance. The Bible says this, and this will make sense to you here in just a little while. In Romans chapter two, it said, do you despise the richness and the goodness and the forbearance and the long suffering, knowing that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. It's the attribute that shows us God's love is that we have the ability to repent. We can change. Somebody take a deep breath. Repentance, the first connotation when you think about repentance is that that's negative, but actually it's a positive thing. In the Greek, it's metateo. I think that's the way you pronounce it. And it, it literally means this, to change one's mind for the better, to think differently afterwards or to reconsider. The love language of God is this, that you and I get to change our mind. You get to change your mind. 
Maybe your mind has been bent to a certain direction. Maybe your thoughts have been leaning this way. Maybe your attitude's been this way. But the gift of God, the love language of God is repentance. You and I, we get to change our mind. Maybe something happened this week that's got your mind running in a negative way. It's got your right mind running in a destructive way. Hey, the gift of repentance lets us change our mind. And when we were walking this way, we make a turn and we go that way. That's the love language of God is the gift of repentance. God is saying, I'm going to allow you to change your mind. Look at your name and say, you can change your mind. Maybe your mind is on doubt. Maybe your mind is on unbelief. Maybe your mind is on deception. Maybe your mind is on something that's going on next week or next month. Guess what? You get to change your mind. Somebody shout, change your mind. God in his ultimate love language to us, allows us to make U-turns. Anybody ever made an illegal U-turn? I did this week. I said, Lord, forgive me because I'm getting ready to make an illegal U-turn. I looked for the police first. <laughs> I turned right by the, I came out of Starbucks and I was right there by the Kaiser Hospital. Instead of going to the light, I just looked for the police. I said, in Jesus' name. I'm sorry, Ethan. I'm sorry. We got John. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. You do it. John, don't tell people. You're a man of the law. The law is doing it. Give me a badge. Aren't you glad God does that? Aren't you glad God lets you turn it around? When you're going down a one-way street, when you're going down a dead end, when your path is on destruction and addiction and habit, the goodness of God, the love language of God says you can turn it around and go the other way and make a brand new start. It is the gift of God that leads us to repentance. Somebody clap your hands right now. Hallelujah. Listen, folks, I know, I know you got your mind on mac and cheese right now. But listen, that's awesome. Because when you mess up, like some of you messed up between Sunday and Wednesday, it's not too late. When you drop the ball or you say something you shouldn't say or you do something you shouldn't do, you don't have to live with doubt and fear and condemnation. No, change your mind. Get up again. Come to the house of the Lord. Get in the altar. Make it right. Do a U-turn and repent. Somebody shout, repent. Say, change your mind. It's awesome. Love language of God is repentance. If my people, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. Everybody shout, turn. Shout, turn. Turn from their ways. I will. They turn. I will. They turn. I will. Do what? I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. Yeah. 
That's awesome. That's how God communicates and demonstrates His love toward us. Come now, let us reason together. Though our sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Say, Pastor, I'm too far beyond, I'm too far gone. Listen, let me help you. If you're too far gone, you're probably not here tonight. In 35 years of living for God, almost 36, maybe one or two people I've ever met in 36 years, I thought they're too far gone. Only one or two. And I don't, I'm not real, real sure. I just think there's one, maybe two that's so deceived and in such a reprobate mind status that they're beyond repentance. They don't even know they're deceived. Only maybe one or two. What, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There's a high, high probability. Nobody that's in this building is too far gone. There's a high, high probability that people that come on Sunday, you're not too far gone. It's not too late to turn around. It is the love language of God. It doesn't matter how low you are, how discouraged you are, how bad you messed up. God is ready to make a deal with you. Come, let us reason together. What a truth. Wow. That God would say that. Come, let us reason Together, though your sins be as scarlet, I'm going to make them like snow. Though they be red like crimson, I'm going to make them just like wool. Wow. Lamentation said that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Say never ceases. It never diminishes. It never, it never ceases. Lamentations, they've got that. Thank you for helping me on the screen tonight. The mercies of the Lord, they never come to an end. Somebody shout never. never. They are new every morning. Say every morning. Every morning. What a text in the Bible. What a rich text. The steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. Is there any greater promise in the Bible, then the love of God never ceases. It never fails. If you ascend into the heavens, like on Sunday, did we go up into the heavens on Sunday? Was that awesome? Brother Lamonis is preaching. Was that a... If you go up into the heavens on Sunday, or if you go through life and you're living at the bottom of the proverbial hell, it doesn't matter if you're up or you're down or you're in the middle, the love of God never ceases. It never fails. It's just as strong tonight as it was at Calvary, and it'll be just as strong 6,000 years from now. It is the love of God. Number two, the second love language of God is the love language of forgiveness. Anybody glad you've been forgiven? Anybody glad you've been forgiven? Anybody glad that you didn't get what you deserved? 
Anybody glad that you got mercy? Anybody? Y'all don't, y'all not convincing me that you're glad that your sins have been washed away as far as the east is from the west. Is anybody glad about that? Wow. <coughs> Love language. The woman caught in the very act of adultery, standing there looking at Jesus, her accusers around her with rocks, and Jesus starts writing a love letter in the sand. And he said, let he that is without sin cast the first stone, and all of a sudden the rocks start dropping all around her. And Jesus said, woman, where is thine accusers? She said, I don't know, Lord. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Forgiveness is a beautiful thing. See, here's what's, here's what's challenging. And I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shorten it tonight because it will be next week. Here's what the challenge is. We want God to be like us. Can I got news for you? You're a terrible God. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do right now. You do me wrong, I'm just going to rumble and tumble. We're just going to take it outside. Go on, go to jail. And you know what? If you keep going to jail, you're going to go up, go someplace that rhymes with jail called hell. We, we, and this is true, I'm making you laugh, but I want you to think. We equate forgiveness with our own experience and how we view God should be and how we, we give out mercy and forgiveness based on our criteria. I want to tell you, the forgiveness of the Lord is deeper and greater and more powerful than we can even get our heads around. God is greater to do those things in a way that we never could understand. I want to tell you, I've seen people that I thought, oh my God, they made so many mistakes. It's been over and over and over and over again, 10 and 12 times. And I've watched them walk in on the 13th time and raise their hands and the father run out and grab them and take them in and fill them with the spirit. That's the language of God, it's forgiveness. Somebody shout forgiveness. I'm going to read one more scripture. Brother Tim, I want you to come up. I'm going to stop a little bit early tonight because I won't, I'll save some for next week, but I want y'all to eat and fellowship. It'll be good for you. I'm going to give you word and you're going to get some food and some fellowship and it'll be good for you. It'll be good for you. This, this scripture today was amazing to me. And John Chapter 6 and verse 37, he said, he said this, and that the Father give, all that the Father gives me shall come with me, and him that comes to me, I will, and this is unique, this is 17th century language. You don't, you don't say this today. He said, I will in no wise cast him out. That's, that's 17th century. It's old King James Version English. That's odd. I mean, we, we read it, but we don't really think about it. 
He says, I will in no wise cast out. The ESV said, whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. But in that English, they're trying to capture the emphatic negative of the Greek. The original text, and what we would say in our English, would be a double negative. For example, there's a song we used to sing sometimes. He ain't never. Ain't never is a double negative. Is that right, Brother Aguilera? It's a double negative. It's not, it's not correct, correct in the English vocabulary, but here's the point. It's emphasizing it to the highest degree. So this text in the original text means this. The ones that are coming to me in the original means this. I will not, not cast them out. It's emphasizing the point. It's exacerbating the truth by redundancy. Like you say, verily, verily, or truly, truly. In the original Greek, this text says, whoever comes to me, I will not, not cast them out. That's awesome. That's the language of God. If you're hungry and desperate and you're seeking after God, he says, I will not, not cast you out. I know you, you, there's family members. You're like, uh, you know, they're family. They, they, we've, we've got our limits. You know, they're, they're friends. Uh, uh, you, you got boundaries. You got like, okay, you can, you can mess up so many times and then, you know, you know you're done. Not with God. I will not not ever cast him out because the love language of God is forgiveness. I'm going to pick this up next week, but I want you to stand right now all over this audience. I want you to throw your hands in the air and thank God for the matchless love. Just thank him. Thank him that you're loved right now, that I'm loved. It's the love language of God. I've ended, I've ended 15 minutes early tonight because I want, I want the love of God to flow into this church. I want it to flow into the brothers and sisters. I want it to come in and saturate us. I want us to believe that. I want us to accept it. It's a beautiful truth. God loves you. I want to I want to confess something to you. And then we're going to pray one more time. I want to tell you I'm preaching this cuz I struggle with this. I grew up in a family that at a lot of times in my life my father, my biological father was distant from me. And I kept thinking if I if I play football, if I do this, I'll 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 be approved. I'll be accepted. I kept trying to earn approval and acceptance. And when I got into the church, 
I realized that God loves me because he's God and that there's nothing that I can do to make God love me more than he already did on Calvary. And we need a fresh baptism of the love of God for God, for each other, for the world. Now I want you to raise your hands and pray that with me. Say, God, help me to understand that. Open up my eyes. Help me to understand that, God, that you love me. That you love me. That you are for me. Help me to help me to grasp that tonight, God. Help me to think on that, that you love me imperfect. While we were sinners, you died for us. There's nothing greater than love. It, the Bible teaches that you are love, that you are for us. you'd like to come stand in this altar just raise your hands to the Lord right now the altar is open come quickly come quickly it's the language of God There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You wash me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty. Somebody needs this word. You wash me in mercy. How rich. How deep.